your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 529 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today we got a couple of different things I wanted to get into. First and foremost, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Henrik Lundqvist. Obviously, we just saw his jersey rise into the Madison Square Garden rafters uh, about a week ago against the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, I talked quite a bit about Henrik Lundqvist uh, on the following episode, you know, the day after that game was played and that ceremony happened. But I wanted to share just a couple of final thoughts, a couple of things that I didn't really get a chance to get into in too much detail in that episode. We're going to do that today. We're also going to be talking about the uh, all-star festivities. We've got the skills competition tonight, Friday night, and we've also got the all-star game tomorrow on Saturday. So going to take a quick look at that. They've got some interesting things planned, and uh, at least one ranger is participating in one of the skills competitions. And like I said, I just wanted to get into all that. And then finally, going to talk a little bit about some uh, procedural moves that the rangers made, a couple of roster moves that uh, got a couple of people talking. But Overall, I think they mostly make sense, and like I said, we'll get to that in due time, but let's go ahead and start with uh, the guy who, to me, is still the man of the hour, Henrik Lundqvist. When you get your jersey retired, you get to be the man of the hour for, you know, at least a week or two uh, after that happens, but... You know, I just wanted to share a couple of personal thoughts, and once again, I do welcome anybody listening to this. If you have a Henrik Lundqvist story, if you happen to have uh, met the king either by chance or like at a certain event that he was at, whatever it might be. If you have a story to share, if there's a certain game, you know, you were watching with your friend or one of your parents or, or somebody in your family, whatever it might be, any kind of Henrik Lundqvist themed story, feel free to either DM it to me on Twitter or email it to me, and uh, I can definitely read it uh, on a following episode of Locked on New York Rangers. I'd be happy to do that. But, uh, you know, for Henrik Lundqvist, for me... You know, it's crazy to think because I've been a Ranger fan since 1994. Obviously, I kind of joined the Ranger fandom at a very ideal time there. But the craziest thing to me is that Henrik Lundqvist has been on the New York Rangers or was on the New York Rangers for more than half of my time as a fan. And of course, you know, he debuted with the team in the mid-2000s, but he was drafted by the Rangers in 2000 itself. And so really, I mean, if you look at it that way, Henrik Lundqvist has been part of the New York Ranger family. He's been in the organization as a player for probably about two-thirds of my fandom. And I've been a Ranger fan for a pretty long time now. So that's just pretty mind-blowing in and of itself to think about that. No other player was tenured by the Rangers for anywhere near as long as Henrik Lundqvist in this, you know, almost 30-year span that we're talking about here. So that, again, in and of itself, you see from him going being a seventh-round afterthought in the 2000 draft to putting together this incredible Hall of Fame career. And, you know, he'll always be a part of the Rangers. And in fact, right now, he is still part of the Rangers because he works for MSG. And I think he does a great job in that role too. Uh, One of the MSG analysts between the periods there with John Giannone and Steve Valica. It's a really fun trio. And I think Henrik Lundqvist uh, has taken it like a duck to water, basically. I think he does a great job. He's not on every game, but when he's there, it's always a, a lot of fun. 
Um, something else that I want to talk about, I touched on it just a second ago, but you know, just the fact that once again, I cannot emphasize this enough. He was a seventh round draft pick, just a complete afterthought. He's got to be the most successful. I mean, I don't know this for sure. I'd have to go through like every draft class ever, but I got to believe there aren't too many people. You can count them on one hand that had a better career than Henrik Lundqvist who were taken in the seventh round of the NHL draft. Like I said, I don't know that for sure without going through every single draft class since the beginning of time, but I find it very, very hard to believe that there are too many that uh, put together a better career than Henrik Lundqvist did being drafted in the seventh round. And, you know, it was just a pleasure to watch him go from, you know, somebody who gets into the lineup and, well, you know, this kid's off to a good start. Who is he again? Henrik Lundqvist? All right, cool. Uh, Let's see uh, how far he can take this. And then, you know, before long, he takes the starting job from Kevin Weeks. And then as I've talked about in the past, there were so many seasons early in Henrik Lundqvist's tenure with the New York Rangers where he was not only the main reason, but borderline the only reason why the Rangers would make the playoffs, at least his first couple of seasons there. And you'd go into the playoffs and the Rangers would be like, you know, the seven seed or the eight seed, and you're up against some juggernaut team. And basically your only chance is if Henrik Lundqvist just goes into complete, you know, cheat code mode, basically, uh, and just completely stones the other team. So... He went from being, you know, the shining star on a couple of rosters that frankly weren't really that good to then continuing to be the shining star on some legitimate bona fide Stanley Cup contending rosters. And we saw them get close a bunch of times. It was just a pleasure to watch uh, Henrik Lundqvist kind of guide the Rangers through these playoff rounds. He was the ultimate luxury because no matter who the Rangers are playing in the playoffs, those years, you could look across the rink at the other side of the ice and, okay, maybe there's a pretty good goalie over there, but he's not Henrik Lundqvist. And he just always felt like Henrik Lundqvist gave the Rangers that edge. You know, they always had the edge when it came to the goaltending position. And, you know, of course, we got to mention that the Rangers never did win a Stanley Cup with Henrik Lundqvist. That's just kind of a cold, hard fact of life, though. We've seen many, many uh, fantastic shoe-in Hall of Fame professional athletes in hockey and other sports that don't ever uh, end up getting to win a championship. And it's unfortunate. Uh, He did win a gold medal at the Olympics. He won a gold at the World Championships. He at least got to the Stanley Cup Finals. And again, uh, one of the absolute best goalies in hockey, really from the time that he started with the Rangers up until the very end. I mean, maybe the last season or two, he fell off a little bit. But I mean, this guy was uh, among the elite if not the best goalie in hockey, for a good solid 13 seasons there, which is pretty crazy to think about. And the only other thing that I wanted to mention, you know, talking about this, uh, the, the ceremony and watching Henrik Lundqvist get his jersey, you know, retired and raised into the rafters there, it did feel like maybe this is happening a year or two too soon because, as we've talked about on this podcast before, Henrik Lundqvist was ready to continue his career with the Washington Capitals. And I know that, you know, a lot of people have mixed feelings about that. It'd be cool to see him retire as a Ranger. But there was part of me that was hoping that, you know, maybe at some point he, in one way or another, still wins the Stanley Cup, even if it's not with the New York Rangers. And that'd be bittersweet as well. But if the Rangers don't win the Cup, then whichever team Henrik Lundqvist is on, I would have rooted for them to win the Cup. And so, you know, unfortunately, he has the heart issues. He has to retire a little bit sooner than he would have liked. So that is kind of a bummer. But you know what? It's kind of small potatoes because I watched that ceremony. I was very happy watching it. Uh, It was just uh, a joyful occasion, clearly for Henrik Lundqvist himself, as well as his former teammates. Uh, Matt Zuccarello was in the house. Obviously, the uh, New York Rangers that were part of the 1994 Stanley Cup team, they were there for the ceremony. Lundqvist's family was there. Everybody was happy. I was happy. I'm sure most of you guys were happy as well. Uh, It was just awesome to to see him get his moment there. Uh, A little bittersweet that it happened maybe a season or two early, but be that as it may, uh, a ceremony 
befitting a king. I think that's the term that I used at the time. And, you know, I could go on and on and on about Henrik Lundqvist. Maybe at some point in the future, we'll do another Lundqvist-themed uh, episode. Maybe we'll wait until the offseason for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, I just can't say enough about Henrik Lundqvist, the job that he did for the New York Rangers, class act all the way, and uh, almost always the most valuable player on the New York Ranger team themselves. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of, like I said, wanted to put a bow on it. Obviously, we had the ceremony last week, and uh, just wanted to share a couple of thoughts here. We will get to uh, the transactions made by the New York Rangers as well as the uh, All-Star Game and the skills competition that are forthcoming. Like I said, they got some really interesting things planned for the uh, the skills competition. I'm going to get into that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, and just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so like I was talking about, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, skills competition and the All-Star Game, which are forthcoming. They will happen tonight and tomorrow, respectively, Friday and Saturday, respectively. The skills competition sounds like it's going to be absolutely ridiculous, and I mean that as a compliment. Uh, seems very over the top, and basically, you're going to have seven events as part of the skills competition. They will all happen either at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas or other various classic, uh, well-known tourist locations from around the city of Las Vegas. And the one that's got a lot of people talking, and it caught my eye as well, is the Discover NHL Fountain Face-Off. And I'm basically just going to read from an article on NHL.com here to explain or, or try to explain what this competition is going to entail. It sounds pretty wild and, and very different, but again, I think that's a good thing. You know, we always talk about this would be good for the NHL, that would be good for the NHL, this is a way to grow the sport, that's a way to grow the sport, etc., etc., etc. But something like this, I just hope people will give it a chance. I hope even non-hockey fans would uh, at least have some interest in this. I mean, there's nothing else really going on in sports right now. You know, there's no baseball, there might not be baseball for a long time. That's a whole nother story. Uh, you know, the NBA's in season, but uh, football, you just got the Super Bowl and that's it. Uh, so why not try out something like this? But I'm going to read what this entails here. This, again, is a description of the Discover NHL Fountain Faceoff. It will be debuting this year. This is the first time this is ever happening. You're going to have a skills competition that takes place at the Fountains of Bellagio and features the participants being taken by boat to a quote-unquote rink where they will attempt to shoot pucks into five targets in the least amount of time. And as far as people that are participating in this, you're going to have Jonathan Huberdeau, you're going to have Claude Giroux, Jordan Eberle, Roman Yossi, 
Nick Suzuki, Zach Wierenski, and Mark Stone. And you're going to have former United States women's national team forward Jocelyn Lamaru-Davidson. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. If you've ever been to Vegas, you probably saw the uh, Bellagio Fountains, and uh, I don't know these stats off the top of my head. I'm just taking these once again from the NHL.com article here. But the fountain spans more than 1,000 feet and sprays water as high as 460 feet into the air. So they're not really giving a ton more details other than what I just listed, but they got my attention. I'm definitely going to tune in for this. You know, the skills competition and the All-Star game even itself, they can be a little tedious. And obviously, you know, hockey purists, you'll look at the All-Star game. Nobody plays any defense. It's not real hockey. I get all that. But it does sound like they're doing their best to get creative here, have a little bit of fun with it, and uh, create some intrigue. And I, for one, am intrigued. I'm definitely going to check this out a little bit later here tonight. Another event that's got everybody talking, and this is another one that I'm going to want to see. You've got NHL 21 in 22. And basically what this is, according to this NHL.com article, again, I'm just going to read the description right from this article, a twist on blackjack that will have five players standing on Las Vegas Boulevard and shooting at a deck of oversized cards on a rack. The goal is to achieve a hand of 21 without going bust in the least amount of shots. And as far as the participants for this event are concerned, you've got Nazem Kadri, Austin Matthews, Joe Pavelski, Steven Stamkos, and Brady Kachuk all participating in this. So instead of, you know, having different targets uh, on the an actual goal net, it sounds like they've got this giant board of, like they were describing here, oversized cards. And obviously that fits the Vegas theme, and these players are going to try to shoot the puck and, and get 21. I mean, I don't know. Can you stand on 19? Like, if somebody... Like, say Nazem Kadri gets to 19. Can he say, I'll stand right there and just see how the other guys do? Very, very curious to see how this is going to work. But it sounds like, uh, once again, they're having fun with it. And as I was just talking about a second ago, that's always a good thing when it comes to the NHL. you got to do something uh, to have some fun and create a little bit of intrigue and maybe even, God forbid, get a couple of non-hockey fans interested, a couple of non-hockey fans to check this out. It just feels like there aren't any casual hockey fans. And it's something I've talked about on here before. You're either all in and, you know, you, you live and die with the Rangers or whatever team you might root for, or you just don't pay any attention whatsoever to hockey. That's kind of how it feels sometimes. But uh, as far as we do have one New York Ranger participating in the skills competition, that will be the fastest skater in which Chris Kreider will participate. You're going to have Kreider, you're going to have Adrian Kempe, you have Kyle Connor, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Jordan Cairo, Dylan Larkin, Kale McCarr, and Connor McDavid. So that's a pretty loaded field there. And Chris Kreider recently hit the big 3-0. So if he can win this competition, uh, having already turned 30, that's very, very impressive. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But obviously, uh, go Kreider. Hopefully he can win it. And even if not, uh, very, very cool to see him once again participating in the All-Star festivities, having also made the All-Star team very, very well-deserved after uh, just an incredible first half of the season for Kreider. And as far as the other skills competitions, you've got the Breakaway Challenge. This is back for the first time since 2016, so uh, that'll be a lot of fun to watch as well. You've also got, uh, I already mentioned the Fastest Skater, but you've also got the NHL Save Streak. That will be a competition among goalies, the goalies that uh, were elected to the All-Star Game. It's still ridiculous seeing this list and not seeing Igor Shesterkin listed there. I mean, Jack Campbell, Andre Vasilevsky, Freddie Anderson, Tristan Jerry, Cam Talbot, UC Saros, and Thatcher Demko, and John Gibson. Uh, that's great and everything. It's insane that Igor Shesterkin is not among that group. And I think 
all these players are all-stars. They're not just there to participate in this skills competition. I think they're all recognized all-stars this season. Uh, then you've also got the NHL Hardest Shot Challenge. You've got a handful of players participating in that as well. And then you've also got the NHL Accuracy Shooting Challenge. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, like I said, there's the stars are going to be out, some of the best players in the world. Uh, it'd be a little bit more fun if there were a couple more Rangers participating, but be that as it may, I, I still think this has a chance to be probably the most fun skills competition we've ever seen. And then the All-Star game itself, uh, looking forward to that as well. Again, I know it's quote-unquote not real hockey, but it's still a collection of uh, the absolute best in the sport. So for that reason alone, I think it's worth at least checking out. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. And like I said, in just a second, we're going to uh, break down a couple of the transactions that the Rangers have made over the last couple of days. Most of them are strictly procedural, and I think most of them do make sense. Uh, but nevertheless, we will get into that in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, wanted to go ahead and wrap up for today by talking about a couple of the uh, more recent transactions that the Rangers have made over these past few days here. And for starters, you've got a handful of players uh, being sent to the Hartford Wolfpack. These four were all announced at the same time. They are Morgan Barron, Johnny Brodzinski, Nils Lundqvist, and Adam Huska. And I should actually probably just back up for a second here. The reason why this is happening, why so many players are being sent down, is because uh, taxi squads are coming to an end around the NHL, which is probably a good thing. It, it seems like the COVID situation is a little bit more under control. You don't see quite as many players popping up on the COVID list, which is obviously a good thing, not just for hockey, but for the world. Uh, hopefully, you know, sooner or later, COVID is just completely behind us. Fingers crossed there, obviously. But the other move, and this is something that uh, got a lot of people talking and probably got a lot of people upset before they really sat down to think about why this move was made, and that was the Rangers recalling Jared Tenorti while simultaneously sending Zach Jones to the Hartford Wolfpack. And at first glance, yes, it, this is the kind of move that uh, would make you want to hit your head against a wall, basically. But think about it. I mean, the Rangers have a two-week break here, and Zach Jones is not going to be playing any hockey if he's still on the Ranger roster. So it really makes no sense for him to just uh, sit, sit around and collect dust and uh, get rusty. The Rangers want Zach Jones playing hockey, and if he can't do it for the Rangers, which right now he can't, might as well send him to the Hartford Wolfpack. And obviously, the corresponding move was to, once again, recall Jared Tenorti to the New York Rangers, where he will in all likelihood be a healthy scratch on just about every night. I mean, I've said this in the past. It's nothing against Jared Tenorti, but we're at the point now where between the already established Ranger defensemen that are on this roster combined with the young guys that have shown some promise and clearly have some upside, I don't see any reason, barring injury or sickness or anything like that, 
why Jared Tenorti should be in this lineup on really a single game the rest of the season. The only way is if maybe maybe if something like what happened with Tom Wilson happened last year happens again this season, then maybe you throw Jared Tenorti out there. Besides that, I don't see any real reason for him to, to be suited up for the Rangers. And I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just trying to be fair and, and trying to be honest. Uh, but you look at the Ranger roster as it's currently constructed after all these moves. There are eight defensemen on the roster. Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba, Keandre Miller, Braden Schneider, Libor Hayek, Patrick Nemeth, and Jared Tenorti. The fact that the Rangers sent Zach Jones down to the AHL, and again, they, they could call him back up as soon as the, the break is over, but I get the feeling that the Rangers are content to roll with uh, the same six pretty much every night, and that would, of course, be the four obvious ones, Fox, Lindgren, Truba, and Miller, and then also probably Braden Schneider and Patrick Nemeth. That's probably your third defense pairing, really, for the foreseeable future. I mean, I've talked about this. There's other people uh, that cover the Rangers, and I'm sure some of you as well. Braden Schneider is not going anywhere. I really think he's on this Ranger team to stay. I see no reason, really, why he should have to play with the Wolfpack. I mean, I suppose the Rangers, in theory, could have sent him down right now so that he can, you know, not get rusty and, and get to play a few games with Hartford. But as far as, you know, him belong at the NHL, yeah, he belongs. I mean, this guy is uh, really basically just hit the ground running. He doesn't really seem to have a weak spot. Maybe a couple hiccups here and there. But for the most part, uh, Braden Schneider has lived up to the hype that inevitably comes with being a first-round selection. So I think Schneider is going to be there. As far as Nemeth is concerned, look, I know he has his naysayers. And has he been good for the Rangers this season? I wouldn't say that. I also don't know that he's been the complete train wreck that certain Ranger fans make him out to be. Um, so for the time being, I would think it would be Nemeth. I suppose maybe, you know, assuming these are the eight defensemen that the Rangers start the second half with, you could maybe make a case for Libor Hayek to be in there instead of Patrick Nemeth. But thus far, the Rangers have not made Patrick Nemeth a healthy scratch. And I don't think they will unless their hand is really forced, unless Patrick Nemeth's game just falls off of a cliff or if there's a situation where somebody is playing so well in the AHL and is looking so ready and so just primed for the bright lights of the NHL, so to speak, I don't think it's going to happen. But listen, if Patrick Nemeth comes back and he doesn't play well after five games, after 10 games, then I think if you're the Rangers, you do have a decision to make. Uh, you know, I know the Rangers have been connected to Jacob Chikrin, and as I suggested in a recent episode, you know, maybe that the, what the Rangers could do if they were to acquire Chikrin, and I'm taking my opinion out of this. You guys know, if you listen to that episode, that I'm lukewarm to the idea of acquiring Chikrin. It's an interesting idea. I just don't know that it's necessary, but if the Rangers were to pull a trigger on acquiring Jacob Chikrin, I think Patrick Nemeth should be heading to the Arizona Coyotes in the opposite direction. And as I mentioned in that episode, the Coyotes are not just going to give us Jacob Chikrin for Patrick Nemeth straight up. There's going to have to be more involved than just Patrick Nemeth. But if you acquire Chikrin, as well as his, I believe, $4.5 million contract, then you have to try to shed some money and get the Coyotes to take Patrick Nemeth and his $2.5 million a season off of your hands. And like I said, there's going to have to be uh, draft picks and or prospects going to the Coyotes in addition to Nemeth, but uh, you would have to shed yourself of Nemeth if you bring in a Jacob Chikrin. That's the way I look at it. But like I said, I, I think you're going to be looking at a situation of, assuming everybody's healthy, you're going to have Fox, Lindgren, Miller, Truba, Nemeth, and Schneider uh, for the foreseeable future when the Rangers come out of this break here. Uh, the only other thing that I want to mention, as far as you know, who the healthy scratches are going to be, we talked about the defensemen. I would imagine, once again, probably Tenorti and probably Libor Hayek. As far as the forwards are concerned, if everybody's healthy, 
probably, I would say, maybe Greg McCaig, although you could make a case for Julian Gauthier to be the healthy scratch as well. It depends what you're looking for. If you need a little more offense, Gauthier, in theory, gives that to you, even though you know he hasn't exactly put up gaudy offensive numbers this season. Uh, if you're looking for a little more toughness, a little more grittiness, and somebody that can round out the fourth line for you, then you'd probably want Greg McCaig in the lineup over Julian Gauthier. I get the feeling it would probably be one of those two on most nights being a healthy scratch. Uh, I guess you could maybe make a little bit of a case for Philip Heedle, but I just don't see the Rangers giving up on Heedle like that. I know he was a healthy scratch one time earlier this season, but I can't see that becoming uh, a habit for the New York Rangers. I suppose you could maybe make a case for Dryden Hunt, but again, he seems to be pretty well liked by this coaching staff and uh, his versatility, his ability to kind of move up and down the lineup and you know, he's strong on the boards. He's a good physical player in that aspect. You're not going to get much offense, but he does bring a certain physicality to the rink every single night, and the Rangers like that. So, yeah, I think as far as if everybody's healthy, I think the final healthy scratch for the New York Rangers, the forward that will be healthy scratched, will once again either be Greg McKay or Julian Gauthier, uh, depending on the matchup and what the Rangers are looking for on any given night. Uh, that will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. We're looking to uh, line up a couple of guests for you guys next week. Hopefully, we can make that happen. We will see. I've also got a couple of other uh, episode ideas that are in the hopper right now, but we'll find some stuff to talk about. I know the Rangers don't play for a while, but we'll dive into some interesting topics uh, leading right up to the Rangers' first game, which will be on February 16th against the Boston Bruins. That will be their first game coming out of the break. But uh, yeah, that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.